You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jack fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Scott Chasen. Scott, both teams won. we got victories to talk about. That's nice. That's nice. Mm. I write down victories. Fitz, we're used to Kansas not really having a team in football and kind of having mm-hmm. a team in basketball. K-State kind of has a team in football and kind of has a team in basketball, at least the way it's looking right now. They are looking better indeed. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com. We start off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. It's basketball season, mm-hmm. so we flip it to KU. Scott, Kansas survived an upset scare against Stephen F. Austin on Saturday. What did you make of the way Kansas played down the stretch? Well, Fitz, I don't think this would have been an upset scare if Kansas had just finished some dunks. I mean, three dunks missed, and, you know, they were at a time where Kansas was trying to pull away, and the game kept, you know, kind of inching closer. So instead of being at that 10, 12-point mark that's comfortable, most of this game was at the 5, 6-point mark and then even closer than that. Look, Stephen F. Austin, which was without one very good player, was clearly energized for this game, and Kansas had to kind of turn things up, especially late. Uh, I thought the play of Remy Martin, who you just saw uh, complete the and one there, I thought it was important, especially down the stretch. Look, Kansas has a couple of, I think you'd call them marquee scorers at this point with what they've done. You expect it to last. Certainly Ochai Abaji doesn't seem like he's going anywhere, and Christian Brown turned in another great performance. I think through, you know, nine or ten games, whatever it's been, this is probably just what you expect from Christian Brown now. This is the guy he is. But make no mistake, Remy Martin, at the end of games, at the end of clock, he is as important a player as Kansas has on the roster. You saw that big dagger three. Uh, That really was kind of maybe not the the turning point in the game because Kansas probably was going to win regardless, but that was the shot that ended the game. And then you see Remy Martin pumping up the crowd right at the end after he saved a ball, called a timeout. There were just a few seconds left, uh, and Kansas again was going to win anyway, but he brings that energy. After the game, I found it interesting. Bill Self was kind of... Uh, he praised Remy Martin for some of his winning praises or plays and then was also kind of critical for, of him for areas where he led up, especially defensively. And we've kind of seen that tug, and, tug of war between player and coach back and forth. You know, what is a good shot for Remy Martin? Is he taking the right ones? At times, is he taking enough shots? Is he trying to make it a point uh, that he doesn't have to shoot a bunch and it's actually hurting the team that he isn't shooting? You know, you, you've seen it defensively. I think him and Bill Self still figuring it out. This team is good. Ochai Abaji is a, an All-American candidate. Christian Brown looks fantastic. But if it doesn't have good point guard play, it won't be elevated enough to really do something special in March. I think you're seeing something happen with Remy Martin. I think this game was an example. I hate it when I miss my dunks. I just <laughs> hate it, man. 
How many dunks uh, would you estimate the two of us have missed lifetime, Fitz? All of the, all of the ones we tried, <laughs> except for one. I actually dunked the ball once, but it was on, yeah, I cheated. No, okay. It's hard to explain. Walked up the ladder first. Yeah. Well, K-State headed to Nebraska on Sunday for the revival of a big 13 basketball rivalry. That, that's a nice typo in that's there. That's what it says mm-hmm. on the teleprompter. I wanted to double check that one with yeah. you. Uh, it's K-State pulled out the win 67-58. What, what are your takeaways from this game? I love it when I put typos into the prompter. <laughs> hey, you know, K-State won 67-58. They didn't look great, particularly in the start of the game. They fell behind. I think it was 25-15 and then had a big run to close the first half and take a halftime lead. Then they started slow again in the second half. So there are certainly some flaws here, but going on the road and winning 67-58 is nice. Nebraska's not very good. We're well aware of that as they continue to struggle under Fred Hoiberg, but they have been a little bit better this year. They've been playing somewhat better at times, and K-State really made the plays that they needed to. Nigel Pack was back at full strength and finished this game with 15 points and eight rebounds as the sophomore point guard is just so valuable for this team, but it's good to have him back fully from that concussion. And, you know, they, they just didn't really play very well. I think they hit like six of 26 three-pointers. They took way too many three-pointers in this game, but they did make some shots when they really had to have it. And K-State found a way to win as they inch closer to Big 12 play. And they're now seven and three overall in the season. This team is better. This team is exactly what I thought they would be. Maybe a hair better, actually, than what I thought they'd be, but I don't know if they're good enough to win a significant amount of games in the Big 12. Honestly, Nebraska would probably finish dead last in the Big 12 this season, particularly if K-State rolled up there and just handled them fairly easily down the stretch. So I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing from Kansas State, as Bruce Weber really did a wonderful job of bringing in three grad transfers, or three transfers, excuse me, that seemed to really help the team, and they seemed to be really well bonded together so this is going to be entertaining they will open big 12 play on january 1st at oklahoma we'll we'll pick that game um and a little bit later in the show and scott i'm i'm encouraged but i'm i've learned to be cautious (laughs) with these these good bursts from bruce Weber's program we'll see if they can hold up in the conference well, I think that's fair. I think the, the cautiousness is fair. Don't you think it's a good sign that sometimes when you have transfers, it can take time to hit the ground running? And maybe it still is taking a little bit of time with them, but they're still getting yeah. some marquee wins along the way. Yep, they sure are. Yep. Well, Fitz, signing day took place just a few days ago. Why don't we each spend a minute breaking down what the Wildcats and the Jayhawks did, and you can go first on this one. Well, I tell you what, early signing day just isn't the same right now. I mean, because these programs are all trying to have to wrestle with uh, the number of scholarships they actually have available. What super seniors are coming back, they don't know maybe quite yet. So you have to leave them scholarships because starting this year, next year, they will count in your scholarships. They didn't last year. And how many out of the transfer portal do you want to take? Those will count in your overall scholarships. There is some forgiveness there from the NCAA to replace players you lost in the transfer portal. So they don't count necessarily in this class, but they do towards the overall 85. K-State signed 13 guys, picked up a blue shirt in there. One of them's junior college player. It's a nice class, but really, and you're aware of this too, Scott, because this is what KU's doing. The real damage or the goodness will be coming through the transfer portal. And while those guys kind of count, it is interesting to see these programs try to strike that balance between recruiting, recruiting traditionally out of the high schools, and just going to find guys in the portal that can help you right away. 
Yeah, well, for Kansas, it's very much the same. And in fact, I remember one of Lance Leipold's first press conferences, he talked about not liking the term re-recruiting your own players, but it's kind of the reality for just about every program in the country. Look, Kansas is going to take a smaller high school class. Kansas has less miles than Jeff Long to thank for that. For two years, they recruited only high school players. They fixed the scholarship numbers. And now Kansas gets to be selective and choose the year, the type of player they bring into the program. I think it's going to be very transfer heavy. Now, right now, as things sit, Kansas has the number five transfer class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. That includes a linebacker from Ohio State, a defensive back from Michigan State, running back from Nebraska. And a lot of these guys actually played, had good pro football focus grades, had the chance to make an impact, maybe some with bigger roles than others. Uh, I think this continues to be the route for Kansas, and I guess we'll see because I think a lot of programs are going this way. This is not a Kansas and K-State specific. This is a, a new age college football specific. I think walk-on classes too this year, they're going to be so important because you're going to have two, three, four, five walk-ons who would have been scholarship guys in previous years. It's unfortunate that those kids don't get scholarships, but it could help programs out a lot. Yeah, I'll touch on that a little bit later in the show, but this is really a scholarship crunch that's impacting high school kids the Mm -hmm. most, and it's really kind of unfair. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, should KU basketball in Missouri play at least once every year? And most of our viewers seem to think so. 62% say A, yes, they should. 38% B, no, they should not. 38% said we don't like nice things. (laughs) This week's question is, will the Kansas City Chiefs get the number one seed in the AFC? Your answers are A, yes, B, no. I wanted to change B to heck yes, but I was told we had to (laughs) offer a wider selection. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Well, Fitz, I think it's certainly looking good for the Chiefs, especially with some of the results this weekend. So uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, you've spoken about Bill Self tightening up the rotation. Do you see any players, new players, cracking the rotation as Big 12 play nears? Well, Fitz, it's interesting. You know, last week we talked about maybe only seven guys being the players Bill Self trusts. What happened in this last game? Second half, only seven players actually see the floor. So I do think Bill Self has tightened this thing up a lot. It's a little surprising with how deep this team is, but Bill Self wants to win games. So he's going to play the guys he trusts the most. Now, two players I think have a chance to break into that group, and the seven players I'm talking about, Kansas's five starters, and then you have Jalen Wilson and Mitch Lightfoot off the bench. 
I think one guard has to kind of join the fray. And I don't know at this point, you know, Bobby Pettiford is out with an injury. We'll see what it's like when he comes back, if he's able to kind of get himself back into the swing of things. I think Katie would like that because I think they think he's an impact player. But if it takes too long, you get to a point where you start looking at red shirts. And, um, you know, I don't anticipate him really being a four-year college guy, but maybe if it's best for him and he's, you know, too late in the year to make an impact, it'd be something you look at. Another guard option would be Joseph Yesifu. I think at times he's been a little, uh, you know, maybe hesitant or, or struggled some offensively, which surprisingly that was what he was so good at coming into the year. Uh, defensively, I think he's done what Bill Self wants, but Bill Self even kind of in a, a self-deprecating comment said, I've got him so screwed up trying to defend that he's forgotten how to score. So I think Bill Self wants to work with Joe Yesifu to kind of expand that offensive game. I think one of the two of them has a chance to, to really crack the rotation. And if not, Jalen uh, Coleman lands just as a sharpshooter. There's a role for him as this team's best three-point shooter. There are other talented guys on the team. I like Zach Clements. I like KJ Adams. I like those young big men. It's hard for those guys to develop trust in a way that they're going to play a much bigger role than a guy like David McCormick or Mitch Lightfoot. So I'm going to put those guys aside for now. I think Kansas can have some help and some reinforcement in the backcourt. But again, we've seen traditionally Bill Self over the years. He doesn't really stretch that rotation as the season grows. He, he usually works on whittling that down, especially as you get into Big 12 play. I think the seven you're seeing, that's pretty close to what it's going to be, maybe with an eighth or a ninth guy sprinkled in. But I think the rotation you're seeing is going to be the rotation for a good bit. It strikes me that Kansas probably has guys on their bench outside of their regular rotation that could start at other Big 12 schools. Yeah. It's so, crazy. It, it's true in, in many years, but it hasn't always been true recently. This year, it's definitely, yeah. definitely the case. Well, Fitz, K-State is preparing for the Texas Bowl on January 4. And Fitz, you will be heading to Houston for the game. So how important are your travel plans? No, I read that wrong. <laughs> how important is it for the Wildcats uh, to get that win at LSU? Uh, it really is important. Uh, they're at 7-5, and five, LSU 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. I mean, there's just a world of difference psychologically between eight and five and seven and six and getting that eighth win and finishing on a strong note would be really good and honestly getting Chris Kleiman's first bowl win after so much success in the FCS level playoffs would be really nice for him. Uh, this is a really intriguing game because LSU's kind of depleted. They they had their top two quarterbacks out. Now their second quarterback has decided to return and I imagine will start for them in the bowl game. Uh, but uh, there'll be depleted rosters kind of a little bit for both teams, particularly LSU. And what's funny about this, Scott, is I did a radio show out of Baton Rouge a week or so ago, and they mentioned that they had a bunch of guys that were going to sit out the game to prepare for the NFL draft. And the guy said, that probably is happening for K-State, too. And I'm like, well, no, no it's, it's actually not. That doesn't happen. Uh, so it's just, it's an intriguing game for me. But the, the important thing here is for Kansas State to come out and look good. And particularly on offense, where Colin Klein will be the interim offensive coordinator who might end up being the full-time offensive coordinator. So I think there's something at play here. And boy, Chris Kleiman ruffled some feathers with some fans that got really worked up that Kleiman said worrying about the next offensive coordinator, getting that hire done was at the bottom of his list. He's in the middle of recruiting. He's trying to figure out the transfer portal and trying to prepare his team for a bowl game. There's no reason to rush this hire of an offensive coordinator right now. And he knows he has time and he has a very capable staff of younger coaches and analysts who have been elevated to you know recruit and work on the as assistant coaches for the bowl game i think this is a big window for kansas state not just after the game but get the win and then get the 
two openings on the staff shored up, and I just feel really good about where K-State football could be if they win. It's not that I feel bad if they lose, but mm -hmm. I think it'll really project them well into the next season. Well, Fitz, I want to jump back to something you said or something that was brought up with players sitting out going into bowl games because this is always something it's bothered me a little, not because of the players. I think they have to do what's best for themselves. But, you know, just as a fan of college football, I've wanted to see those guys get a chance to play. What about using NIL to, to combat that and having some way to compensate players that would maybe be off to the NFL, getting them a one-game payday for some yeah. kind of sponsorship with a bowl, and then you could actually see the best play the best thinking specifically about Brees Hall sitting out against yeah. Clemson. I, I would have loved to see that match. I'm really bummed Brees Hall's sitting out, but mm -hmm. I get it. He's a potential first round or at least early first day pick. Mm -hmm. But boy, and I, you get that bowl kind of based on him, and mm -hmm. then he sits out, and it kind of stinks for the fans. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, Christmas is coming up, so let's give a present to the KU and KSU basketball teams. Would you like to go first? What sure. would a, a good present for K-State hoops be this year? I feel like I'm Bill Snyder in saying this, but consistency. <laughs> uh, and again, that popped up in Sunday's win at Nebraska. They were bad at the start of both halves, particularly at the start of the game. And they just need to find a way to really kind of put together consistent efforts from, you know, the start to the end of both halves. And uh, they make it too difficult on themselves with starting without energy. And you could hear Bruce Weber yelling at his team to have energy in the second half. So uh, just be a little more consistent and focused when you step on the court. And hopefully that will come for the Cats because they certainly are scoring and playing defense at a higher level than they have the last couple seasons. Well, Fitz, I kid you not, the word I wrote down on my sheet of paper was consistency, so I will pivot and go a different direction. Look, Kansas needs a visit from the ghost of Marcus Garrett Pass. I haven't seen my Christmas movies in a while, so hopefully I got that one right. I don't right. know that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's Bill Self's personal favorite. Mm -hmm. And look, for all that Marcus Garrett was great at, especially on the defensive end, it always struck me that Bill Self raved about the Marcus Garrett's ability to know what Bill Self was thinking, even if it was just something about the attitude of the team and just kind of have that idea in his head that he would bring out and he would say it before Bill Self even could. There are a few guys on this team who I wouldn't say are feuding with Bill Self by any means. I think, you know, the relationship is generally positive, but maybe just aren't on the same page in terms of understanding what he wants and when he wants it. And for that, I'd look at maybe Jalen Wilson, David McCormick, and of course, Remy Martin. I think the best Christmas present that KU basketball could get would be those guys simply getting on the same page with the head basketball coach. So uh, ghost of Marcus Garrett passed a visit from Marcus Garrett. I think that's uh, the gift I'm going with. Hey, look, it's oldest time. Players think they know better than the coach. I got news for you guys. You don't know better than Bill Self. You just don't. Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc, supporting people in living their best lives. Our fan question this week is, should the Jayhawks consider changing their starting lineup? Jack and Lenexa wants to know, and they want to know if Fitz should be in that starting lineup. <laughs> well, I think other than Fitz, the, the change would probably be that people have looked at maybe you know, some are unhappy with David McCormick and want Mitch Lightfoot in there, or one of the freshmen, or maybe Dewan Harris, who isn't scoring a bunch. I actually think Kansas might have the right combination now. Jalen Wilson hasn't really gotten going yet. I don't know necessarily that starting him magically fixes all the issues or uh, the fit that maybe he's struggling with right now. 
What I think we're seeing is that Kansas has traditionally played better with two guards on the floor rather than one guard and a bunch of wings. I think Bill Self likes the idea of having Dewan Harris with Remy Martin. You throw Bobby Pettiford into the mix when he's back. I think that'll help. So I wouldn't change the starting lineup right now. But if I were to make that change, I think Jalen Wilson might be the one I'd look at. Just maybe it makes him more comfortable. But that's mostly guesswork at this point. Yep. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to look at our predictions and remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went one and two. I went three and zero oh because I am incredible. Scott went zero oh and three. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and a, a chance to get over 500 there, Fitz. Very bummed with my 0-3 week, but congratulations on your great week. I'm back. <laughs> hey, and a little programming note. We will not have a show next week mm-hmm. because of the holiday, so we're picking some games here, at least basketball, that look down the road a little bit further. And we start with Kansas minus 13 and a half. Did we I do think 13? it's 14 and a half. 14 and a half versus TCU. What you say. Fitz, I'll actually take TCU. It's a lot of points. TCU has played well so far this year, but Kansas is very good, too. Who do you have? See, the key here is to find a a point spread that tempts one of us Mm -hmm. to go with the other team. I'll take KU uh, because I got you to go up. (laughs) Well, Fitz, next is K-State plus 8.5 at Oklahoma. I am going with the Oklahoma Sooners. Do you have K-State? Yeah, I think uh, I'll be surprised if K-State wins this, but I think they'll be competitive, so I'll go with the Cats to uh, you know, not lose by more than eight and a mm-hmm. half. That makes sense. And our last game of the week is the NFL Pittsburgh plus nine and a half at Kansas City. I'm taking the Chiefs. Give me whatever the points are. I'm going to take the Chiefs. <laughs> I think we're both going Chiefs. We're hoping for a happy week next week, Fitz. Absolutely. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive Thirteen. Now it's time for our on the clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we got some time, so let's start with Scott Chasen. Well, Fitz, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs, mostly because they won't let me talk about Spider-Man. Awesome movie. Already seen it twice. <laughs> Go see it for sure. No, look, the Chiefs got an absolutely huge win. I was actually in the theater for Spider-Man. I bring it up for a reason. People were checking their phones for Chiefs scores, Chief highlights. Uh, it's just funny to think about where this team has come and really where the fans' support of the Chiefs have come. Obviously, fans always support the Chiefs. Kansas City is a great sports town. But people were really worried about this team, probably myself. I mean, myself included, absolutely. Uh, earlier in this year, when the offense was a struggle, the defense was a struggle, Patrick Mahomes looked broken. Lo and behold, everything has kind of sorted itself out. And much like Spider-Man, no spoilers. Chiefs have kind of figured things out. So Chiefs absolutely rolling. I do expect them to get the number one seed, and this could be another Super Bowl year for Kansas City. Well said, Peter Perker. (laughs) Hey, I'm a little bit concerned about the impact 
of all these things going on in recruiting right now and the lack of opportunity that these high school seniors for the next few years are going to see. The number of scholarships available to them will be down drastically from what it's been because people have to hold on to scholarships for the transfer portal and for their seniors that will be returning for the bonus season that uh, they got because of the pandemic. It's really unfortunate that it's the high school players that are going to take it on the chin. But the good news for K-State and a KU is that means there will probably be a higher level of talent available in the later signing period mm -hmm. for them to grab, and that's good news. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with the pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.